Hey, thank you for being here. My name is Darren Jansen, and this is the Breathe 911 podcast. I want to say thank you for being here. Every week, I get on here and I share what I'm learning about physical, mental, and emotional health for first responders. Now, I've created a free guided breathing exercise. It's a down-regulating breathing session, and it's free for you. All you have to do is head on over to breathe-911.com free, and there'll be a link there for you to download it. There's also a link in the description. Just click it, and it'll take you right to the page. If you enjoyed this episode, or if you got value from it, I would be grateful if you would head over to wherever you listen to it, whether it's Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and leave a comment, rating, or review. That helps us grow the channel and helps us reach new people. And now, with all that being said, enjoy the episode. Welcome back to the podcast. This is a special episode. I have Christy with me. And we are recapping the Mid-State Mile. Uh, This past weekend, I ran... Father's Day weekend, the Mid-State Mile Last Man Standing Ultra Marathon. It is a 1.1 mile loop with 340 feet of elevation gain and descended in that one loop. And you run that one loop in 20 minutes. And if you get back within 20 minutes or less, you get to run another loop. And you keep running laps until there is one human left. I had lots of big goals and dreams this year. And... I see you looking at me. I have lots of big, big dreams and big goals. This year I ran, so I ran it in 2021. It was a kickoff to us going on an adventure and I ran for nine hours. I expected big things and I, I was disappointed, but I had no idea how hard that course was. They call it the murder mile for a reason. This year I ran 35 hours and 40 minutes, about 112 miles and 32,000 feet of elevation, which for anyone who's wondering, Everest is 29,000 feet. So I'm bragging a little bit, but I'm really pumped at what I did. So <laughs> anyways, Christy, uh, I had a coach and I had a crew and Christy was my crew chief. And she got us, I, I, I don't say me, I say us. She got us and our whole family and our friends. She got us through uh, this race. And yeah, we're here to recap it. It's been like a super emotional it feels weird because I don't want to look at you. <laughs> it feels weird. Uh, sorry. She got us through an emotional, super inspiring, seeing humans doing hard things weekend. And she was awesome. And we've just been, the last three days, we've just been recapping what happened and what it was. And what do you want to say? I think, I mean, you mentioned it really briefly. I just think that it's fascinating to have been able to have this experience again because it was two years ago that you ran this and that that was the catalyst this race was the catalyst for us leaving Canada and um you know can I go into this story yeah go yeah ahead. we yeah. had been talking about you know shaking things up and doing something different and we were going to travel across Canada in an RV we sold our house we sold all our stuff and then it was during the the COVID thing that uh, everything got shut down. And so all of our plans had to change really drastically within two weeks, I believe. Uh, We could no longer, all the campsites we had booked across Canada had shut down and closed, so we could no longer do that. 
And then uh, Darren's best friend, Mike, said, well, why don't you see if you can get into that race in Tennessee that we had watched the year prior. Um, So Darren went online and saw that it was full, but he thought, what the heck, I'm going to email the race director, Becca Jones, and, uh, and ask if I can come in with some special permission. And so he sent the email. And uh, she said, we've never had a Canadian before, so if you promise to come and give it your all, you are allowed to come and be a part of this. And so we then had to figure out how to get the RV and ourselves into the States, and we did that um, through lots of little miraculous things. And then, uh, yeah, we were in Tennessee two weeks later, and uh, you ran that race. And it was your first ever trail race, first ever ultra marathon, and nine hours was no small feat. It was huge. We met amazing people. Um, who I had run. I had run the. When did I run sp- that damn hill? I ran After. A, uh, I ran no. Yeah, it was you my did run hundred k. It was my second ultra. That's true. You did run a hundred k. But. <laughs> Which almost sounds like nothing now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yes. So, anyways, you crushed that though, at Mid State two years ago, with nine hours. Significant. We learned a ton. We met amazing people. Amazing people. And that is what began the journey for us, saying we love these people. We love this place. I wonder if we could ever live here. And we've been fighting for that visa to move back down here to Tennessee ever since. And here we are. We've been back in Tennessee two months now, legally living here. And um, yeah, so you're like, we're here. We might as well do this race again. So how about I interview you? Okay. On your own podcast. Yeah, yeah, to do that. Okay. I like that. So why don't you tell everyone um, what made you want to do it again? Well, I knew two years ago that I quit. I had more to give, but mentally I gave up because it was so, I was so hot. It was, it's very hard. And then we're taking this course called Enlifted, and we did a goal-setting session and writing down three goals for the year. And I was having trouble coming up with goals. Like, there, I have some business goals. I have goals that I'm working on. And just out of nowhere, I, I had signed up for the race. I had planned to, win, I planned to run mid-state just kind of for fun, to figure to do it again, to go farther. And I wrote the goal... I want to win mid-state mile 2023. And I immediately dismissed it. And I was like, it was, the race was pretty close. I was like, I don't have enough time. And I don't, I, I don't have the energy or effort to give to this right now. There's more important things to do. And then my man, Justin Hamilton, ultra dad on, in, on Instagram, Vertex coaching, put out this post. That's like, if you have a rate, he coaches and he coaches people, um, I, I believe it's usually a monthly thing. And he's like, if you have a race specific thing that you want to do, uh, I coach you for, I can do coaching plans for one race. I was like, I think hiring a coach is always a good thing. So I hired, I'm going to look at you. So I hired, I called Justin, we had a quick conversation and I wasn't even, I was hiring him. It wasn't, there was no doubt in my mind. I was going to hire him and I hired him and we created a plan and then we went to work. So, yeah, what the question was, what made me want to run it? Well, I'd already decided to run it because I knew it was it's just a fun weekend. 
for Father's Day. It's such a fun place. I love my kids going there and seeing. And you, we just get so inspired. Oh, did I run you over? <laughs> sorry, over I'm sorry. That's okay. To see our, to see humans doing amazing things, and then, yeah, it kind of morphed into this. Could I, could I compete? And then it went even farther to could I win? So what was a part of your training plan that Justin set up for you? What did you need to do? How long did you have? So I had five weeks. Okay. So I have done some, I didn't, like I, I have, I ran, I did 75 hard, air quotes, um, over the winter. And I ran every day. One of my workouts was a 45 minute run where I just did nasal breathing. So I did like zone two, heart rate, nasal breathing run. So I built, I had a good base, but there was no elevation. It was all flat asphalt. So Justin kind of looked at what I had run and he just created this plan for me to start collecting. He called it collecting vert, just start going up and down hills and just only hills. So that's, we had a five week plan of how much I would do. And it was three, it was four, six days a week of training and it, I was running in vertical feet. That was the plan. It was like, it doesn't matter how many miles you do, it's how many feet you go up and down. And so he created this plan for me and helped me get uh, just some confidence built around around that. And and then I did a ton of mindset stuff with my enlisted people and with Christy and with Justin. And I believe that the mindset piece was the bigger piece this year. Even though I was trained, my legs got bigger, I got stronger, I did a lot of, I, I trained a lot, but not like only, I had a taper week. So I really only collected a lot of vert for four weeks. So race morning comes. How did you prepare before the race? Well, I, I drank some water. <laughs> yep. That's important. I drank some water and I did some breath work on the deck. I had created some uh some cards we have them here not these but some like recipe cards of like affirmations that i had come up with with the mindset piece of it and a bunch of those were like endure make it to the next sunrise uh be patient be present be deliberate stay focused i had probably 20 of them 25 of them and so I reviewed those a couple times, spent some time praying, and hey, what else did I do? Got all my stuff ready. Got all my the, the vehicles packed, and we had bins of food. So much stuff. Darren had boiled For close to forty eggs. Forty eggs. So he felt like that would be his protein. You ate ten before you were like, I never want to see another egg again mm-hmm. on the race. We had avocados. Did I, to, did I ask to give up the eggs? Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah. You're like, never, no more. Oh, wow. We brought avocados, Banana. a million bananas. Yeah. There was like 60 bananas. Almond butter, raw honey, raw butter from the Amish farm down the road. What else did you have? We brought wraps, but they were not good. You, your stomach didn't want that stuff. We brought baked potatoes, rice. Yeah. Which you transitioned to later on in the race. Yeah. It was just, you wanted pure bland We had stuff. a bunch of fruit. Yeah, and then I ended up, I don't know where everyone got. I had some, I mean, the race is awesome. Becca and John do such a good job. I had some bacon that someone, I don't even know. And then I had, where'd the mashed potatoes come from? 
They were so salty and good. Yeah, they were so good. <laughs> I wanted to eat them. <laughs> where, where did those come from? I don't know. Also, uh, there's this like super nice guy. With... He was out and he had I don't know he had this big butterfly tattoo on his chest and he said, "Do you want my mash?" Oh, I'm like, yes, we do. That was I. I was literally. Be, <laughs> I remember now. I, I actually just forgot this to right now. I was literally being f- spoon fed by Christy and Justin yes. mashed potatoes. I remember not even holding the spoon. What it's, was the energy? So you get to the race. 97 people had signed up for this race. Normally it's 100. 97. 74, 76 76 only showed up, which was really interesting. Um, Met a few people there who just decided to crew in the end. They didn't get their training in, so they just decided to not even go for it. So they had signed up to run and and, and they didn't run a lap? No. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. cool that they showed up, though. It's such a fun place to be. Yeah, so they just ended up crewing. Um, okay, so we get there. There's 76 people in the corral, ready to go, foaming at the mouth. What was the energy? How did you feel? I was pretty calm. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't thinking much. You were the only one wearing a long sleeve hoodie to start the race. It was pretty hot already. Um, Canadian jokes we're flying because of that did you hear that i heard nothing i was so focused <laughs> i i hear people saying things now and I, I i heard i heard none of it okay so eight in the morning the buzzer goes the first whistle and 74 people take off and they run the first lap a lot of people had never run that race before had never seen it and so the initial incline shocked people this is the first time is this the fifth year of the race fourth this is the first time that people have not gone out in the first lap. Right. They've never had that before. I don't believe anyone went out until the fifth lap. That was, and, and that's when everyone was like, this race is different. This is a group of elite runners who have trained for this because a lot of people generally just sign up who want to be a part of something cool, and that's great. But these were people that were like, I'm ready to win here. Well, and if you don't, like, I never understood being from central or southwestern Ontario and Canada like what mountainous terrain is we don't have it so I never really understood vert so there's 340 feet of vert in a in a 1.1 mile loop but there's also quite a bit of flat section so training I ran kind of that that much vert in a mile on a hill that I found but there was no flat section so it wasn't it never had the it doesn't have the incline or the decline that it has so to have that much flat section and then still be able to have those two big inclines and declines. It's, it's not like you're running just 340 feet in a mile. It's you're running that in less than a mile. And then there's some flat sections. Right. So it's like, it's until you describe it until you go and see it, it's very hard to describe how, how <laughs> steep it actually is. It's, it blows my mind that no one has fallen down. Like no one fell down the hill this year. Not that I know no, of the, the the first decline. No. Um, okay, so you take off. At what point in the race did the first thought of quitting enter your mind? Four hours. Four hours in, you were like, I want to be done. Between hours four and seven, mm-hmm. I was overheated. I had done so much research. I was listening to Huberman's podcast and cooling and Palmer cooling. And so I had bought buckets filled them with water to soak my arms in. I was putting ice. I bought like uh, sun sleeves and I was putting ice in my sleeves. 
It's like you don't want to cool your head. You want to cool your extremities. You want to cool your feet and your hands and your face. And so I like I had I had put in work. I created a whole spreadsheet to what I wanted to eat when I wanted to eat it. I had prepared um, more than just the training. I had prepared on what I what I wanted. And to be four to hours four to seven, I was drinking tailwinds, which I like tailwinds, but I, I the concentration was a lot higher than I trained with. I, I just didn't get the numbers right when I was training. So it was twice as much tailwinds as when I what I trained with. And it just it rocked my stomach. So I wasn't feeling good and I was overheating. So yeah, hours four to seven, the only thing that kept me in was like, there's a bunch of people there that... Those are normally the hours when people start... Dropping. Getting sick on the hill. Yeah. And and a lot of... It's just, you just can't control your heat. Like you're, It's so hot. Darren had to change his shirt every two to three laps and they were soaked. I was trying, I was trying to keep in a dry shirt. One of the things was to try and... I mean, it's all mind games out there too, because everyone's... Not everyone. A lot of people, they'll go out there to win. And to to have people see you running in a dry shirt who don't like it, it wasn't a part of the game plan. But while I was there, I was like, oh, everyone else is wearing the same shirt and they're sweat. And it's just like, oh, that it was, you know, I was playing. It's the your mind goes crazy places as you're when you're there and trying to figure that out. So, yeah, I had a ton of shirts and I was going through them all and trying to just keep the sweat off me and stay cool. But we had a really hard time regulating your heat. Okay. So what got you out of that four to seven hour hump of wanting to quit? I, well, I knew I had gone nine hours and I knew I could do more. I was not feeling good, but I, I, I knew I could do more. I was just kind of, uh, kind of, I was feeling sorry for myself that it was, I was expecting it to be easier. I had done a nine hour, 32 mile 10,000 foot training run that didn't feel hard but it was in the shade and it wasn't as hot so I was like this shouldn't it shouldn't feel this hard I shouldn't be my my calves and my quads were starting to go I was like this is not good and so I was just like I I don't even know if it's worth it yeah so I, I was feeling sick and I wasn't feeling I wasn't feeling happy but one of the things I did when I trained I ran a hill that tons of traffic in every car I waved and I smiled at and I smiled every, I, I tried to smile at everyone on the course. So there's only spectators at like two or three spots. So whenever I saw spectators, I tried to smile at them. I tried to remember to smile. And that played a huge impact in keeping my spirits up. Actually, just smiling kept me happier. I remember watching you smile genuinely. And part of your character is you like to make people smile and laugh. So I would watch you come in back into the crowd, cracking jokes and making people laugh as you would come in. And I remember, I believe it was Sunday morning when I saw you continuing to smile, but I was like, <laughs> that is not real. That is, that's not even resemble, resembling a real smile. smile. I was like, he's dying. Inside. <laughs> but yeah, you kept it up. That was really, that was really awesome. And People commented that about you. I heard that a bunch of times, which made me really happy because mm-hmm. that's the point is to, is to give, is to just make it a fun event and to have people have fun and to, yeah, to hopefully everyone leaves there better than they showed up and, and seeing someone do something hard with a good attitude to back up two years ago, I got mad and grumpy. <laughs> I got like... I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to be talked to. Hours seven to nine, I was I was not fun. 
And that was commented on a lot by my family. And even hours like, I mean, into Sunday morning, 24, over 24 hours in, I was still okay, you know, 10, 11, 12 o'clock on Sunday. I feel like I was still okay. I don't really remember. But I remember Quinn saying like, dad, you're doing really good. And you're not mad. You're happy, right? Like, so like that, that's a huge improvement of the previous run that we did. For sure. Okay, so you get past hour seven, and you're running again into hour what? Again, when you hit your next slump. Well, I I wanted. I mean, kind of the whole time I I was enjoying it, but I wanted to be done. Mm-hmm. And so I was just looking for. I was just looking for mile marks to and like time marks to to beat. So I was like, well, I'm definitely going. I did nine hours. I. There's a break. They have a 20-minute break every 12 hours. So at 8 p.m., I said, I, well, I definitely am going to make it to 8 p.m. I make 12 hours. My watch was going. And so I said, yeah, I can do that. And, and then we got our headlamps on because it got dark. And I said, well, I'm not going to... Qu- There's going to be a few people drop out after the next few hours. After the next hour, they want to make it to the break, and then they'll drop out. So I said, okay, I, I can make it past another hour. So the hour 13... Then I'm looking and it was like, well, hour 13, I'm almost at 50 miles. Well, 50, I can make it to at least 50 miles. That's a good ultra. And I said, ah, 52 is two marathons. So I'll, I can do 52. I'll do 52. And it just kept on going. And someone said like at two o'clock, that's when people start dropping out. So I'm like, well, I can make it to 2 a.m. And then at 2 a.m. I was like, I was kind of enjoying it. Was, I was still sweating, but it was cooler. So I was like, I can do this. And then my whole world just kind of became this circle of light in front of me, which was my headlamp. And I just, I was just running towards my headlamp, not talking to a lot of people. And I I enjoyed that part of it because it was just, and at two, it was like, well, I get up early here and I know the sunrise because we're on the Eastern side of the time zone. The sunrise is at like five, like the sun is up at five. So I said, I just got to make it to the sunrise and then I'll be good. So at two, I'm like three, three hours. Okay. Three hours is nine laps, nine laps is nine miles, just over nine miles, 10 miles. I can do 10 more miles. And it was just pushing it and pushing it. And then my watch died. And that was the best thing that happened for me because I lost all my data. I lost all how much elevation and what my heart rate, I lost all of it. And I was literally just, I had, there's like a, you run and it's like the bottom of the hill, the top of the hill, the top of the next descent, the bottom of the descent, the top of the descent. So there's like six different kind of times where you're like, you kind of know what your time should be getting there. And so I didn't even start a timer. I just had my watch on because it's every 20 minutes. And that's, I just went by, by that, by well, getting you had to, to these, borrow someone's I timer, to borrow someone's yeah. timer for a bit until my watch got recharged. And yeah. Yeah. And it was the, yeah. Anyways, I feel like the night went really fast. It went fast for me. It went fast for me too. Yeah. And that's people were dropping. I were don't, they? I don't remember. I felt like there were so I, many people, like so many people hung in tough. So awesome. many people hung in. The last eight runners, it was you guys for a very long time. Hours on Sunday morning before people started to drop off. People would come back into the corral with seconds to go. And then they would run for another few hours. Like they just, people would like almost die off and then they would come back. What was your, um, when you wanted to quit, what was like, did you have one thought, one thought that kept you going? 
so on the course, it was, <clears throat> I know Chad speaks of this and it was stay present, stay patient, be deliberate. And I, I had written those down. I had all these other mantras and sayings that I was relying on. Um, and for some, the simplicity of those, because probably 30% of the one downhill, I tripped. I stubbed my toe. I tripped on a root. I, I slipped. And every time my toe would catch, I would, the rest of the way down the hill, it was like, be deliberate with where you put your feet. Just be deliberate be deliberate not don't fall because we're not looking for the negative and to focus on that it's like no be deliberate and then staying present was when it got really really hard was when everyone looked strong it was like last year this went for 40 hours this is going to go even longer we're only at hour 22 hour 18 whatever it's like oh this is i can't do another at 20 hours john announces we're halfway there and it crushed me because I just thought of doing what I just did again and so whenever it got really big it was stay present just stay present in the one lap you have to run and Chad talked and I never understood how to do that until now because when when I was done part of me being done was it just seemed to the rest of it just seemed too hard and the, and I my body was deteriorating quickly, and I I was I was done. But to be present and to be patient, and being patient is it is a race, and you're trying to win. So it's like, yeah, you're like those last eight runners are running forever. It's like, just be patient, one lap at a time. If you just keep running your race, eventually, you're you're going to make progress. It's a hard race because. If you're going to win, you want people to drop because you want to win. But you're also running with these amazing humans that you're like, I don't want your race to be over. <laughs> so that that that's it's that's an interesting. Uh, those are interesting feelings. A lot of emotions. The this felt like a very different race. This felt like three races to me versus two years ago when you ran the nine hours. Mm -hmm. The nine hours was hard but it was also fun because you you finished you celebrated you went further than a lot of people um with the nine hours yep and then all of those people were still there because it was still daylight and so then we were able to connect with people and you went and had a shower and then ate good food and came back and then you were cheering other people on and we were building relationships with other runners who had gotten out already so there was like a really special time because we built some really sweet friendships that we still have to today and being able to crew other people. So until the sunset, that felt like one race. And then the nighttime felt like a second race. Um, it got cold, got cold for us, for the crew, not you. Um, and people started to drop, but it was really quiet. The nighttime was really quiet. And then the morning felt like another race because runners who were out had slept through the night and then they had gotten up and come back to watch so there were more spectators it was a little bit louder I guess but it was really quiet on the course with just eight to ten people running through the next day it felt it felt like that's when the race began 
that's when the intensity of it began. It was like high energy through Saturday, the first day. It was fun and exciting. And and then the nighttime just felt fast and weird. People were hallucinating people that were coming in, runners. It was like strange time. Um, runners were hallucinating? I remember one guy specifically. He just was like looking up and just like laughing and look like it was like he was seeing things. It was like, is this guy okay? Anyway. He ran. He continued running. He said, I wouldn't have signed up for this race if I wasn't a little bit crazy. (laughs) And he kept going. Um, And uh, yeah, but the next day that was like, that was intense. It was, it just felt weird. It had a different, I was like, this is a thing now. Not that it wasn't, but it just felt so different. Do you want to know it was hard for me? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He knows. What was hard for me was watching in his eyes. His eyes were begging me to let him stop. (laughs) He was like, that's true. Please let me quit. I'm dying. And I felt terrible. And I learned this from Justin and Steph Hamilton that if he refused to eat, he was choosing to quit. And so they said I had to put that into words to him. So he would come and we would be like spoon feeding him, whatever, a piece of avocado or forcing you to eat a banana with honey on it. And you're like belching and trying not to vomit. And I'm like, if you don't eat, you are choosing to quit. Are you a quitter? No, you're not quitting. So get up and go. And I would leave his affirmations out for him that he had written on the cards. And I would say, this is what you said. This is the commitment you made. One more lap, go. And the next time it would be like, this is it. This is your Ted talk. That's what you said. Get up, go. You're not quitting. And then he would leave and he would like, look at me with these eyes. Like, like we're going to need counseling. after this. <laughs> and, get up. and he would go and I would be like, oh. and I would say to Justin, like, is he going to be mad at me? Like, I feel terrible. And I was so emotional and it was brutal. Um, and we talked about it the following day, Monday, we just, we had to get up early to take our oldest to horse camp for six in the morning. And then, uh, we spent, I think we went back to bed around 10 o'clock and we both, can I say this? We both cried. Oh yeah. We cried because I was like, I felt terrible (laughs) yelling at you, being so firm with you calling you to what you said it just felt like I, we don't normally yell at each other or get that never, forceful normally but i knew i knew that you would be disappointed in yourself if you stopped running before you did i knew that you would be disappointed if you came back from a lap and sat in the chair and decided to not get up and go into the corral again and i knew that you would be disappointed if you didn't run until your body broke and so like every time you would come in for those last, I don't know, six hours or something. It felt pretty, it felt pretty brutal. And, um, but you kept getting up, you kept going. So I was super proud of you, but it was brutal. Yeah, you and, I mean, you kept the whole ship floating. I'll say that. I mean, this is a team. There's no way that's not a team. I, I could not have done that distance with it. I literally would come in and I would have cold water on my... There'd be like four people. One, 
what would it be? One person on one leg, one so on my on my calves, on my thighs, on my calves, under my knees, I get ice packs and cold water. I get cold a cold ice pack on my whole back. Get ice packs under my arm and my armpits, and I'd get someone like drizzling cold water over my head and a towel on me. So it was literally like a pit crew. Like I'd come in and sit down. Someone would take my poles. I'd sit down. And so I, there's no way I could have done it. Christy led that whole effort, and she got everyone on board. She, I mean, I can say this. Your experience, I, I was hot and not feeling good, but Christy also wasn't. We had so many friends there, so many awesome people, but she wasn't looking after herself. So she almost fainted, and I heard all this after the fact and was not drinking and eating. So we had friends crewing her, crewing me. So it, it, like that's the whole amazing thing about this race and races like it is I always say it's not the event it's the people it's the aftermath of it of all the relationships that are built through people doing hard things together and that forges awesome bonds because we're closer to like our neighbors came who we have known for a few months now we're just super close with and like a stronger bond has been built with them like the byproduct of doing these things, I can't overstate it. It's it's so important to have rich relationships, to do like we are we are closer after having gone through this together. We have a shared experience that was very very hard for both of us in different ways, and it was a selfish endeavor on my part because I. I mean, my kids were there and they were looked after by other people. And I only had to run a mile every... That's my whole world for a day and a half was running a mile every 20 minutes. That's all I That's all I focused on. So it's very selfish in that regard. But to but what, it, what it brings about is super cool. And people get so... It's so fun because people get so invested in it. Like I get invested in when other people are running cool races, but... To have messages and people know that people are checking in on a live stream and yeah it was it's very cool it was a very cool experience for sure it was so powerful for the kids and yeah you said our neighbors and friends that that came to watch and um your mom said she stayed up the whole night <laughs> watching the live stream it's yeah. pretty cool it's uh it's a really powerful event and someone had asked me um you know, on a different podcast, I don't know, a year ago or so, what was the most impactful part of our leaving Canada and going on an adventure journey? And it was actually this race. This was the first thing that came to mind because it doesn't seem like a big deal, but it's a big deal. It's people doing hard things. It's people coming together. It's people supporting each other. It's people trying to win. But yeah, like you said, a lot of your race was encouraging people to keep going and people doing the same for you and it wasn't it didn't feel gross I'm sure there were some gross people trash talking on the trail I haven't heard too much about that was that that or was that all no it was positive yeah no oh yeah that's amazing yeah yeah it's it's all of it right like it's I mean it's even shared meals with people it's yeah, it it's a very very cool event to have got to do another time and do it in a way where 
I was I was really happy two years ago that I did it, but I wasn't happy with how I finished it. If you had told me I had to run three more, that's the whole point of this race, this format. If you had told me three years ago, or if you had told me I had to run three more laps to win, I'm going to say I could have done that, which is disappointing then to my, that I, I could have done three more laps. I don't know how many more, but everyone else that was running looked, and I know everyone's hurting, they looked so strong, and I was in such a low point that I I didn't have, my body did not fully give out, but I gave it everything that I had, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, you... His second last lap, I'm going to say his third last lap, yes. he came back into the corral with less than a minute to go. And he had, lap. that was your slowest lap by far. You had been coming in with at least three minutes every lap until that one. And then, so we knew there was a massive shift. So we tried to get some protein in him, but he was like getting ready to be sick. And, but we were trying to force you food that I was like, get food in you or you are quitting. And then, and you did it and you chugged back a shake, a yeah. full shake. And then at the, at the line, cause you didn't have time to sit. Mm-hmm. And then you went again and, uh, people went to see you at the crossroads and, pe- and you came back that time and they're like, he's back, he's back in second place. And you came back in with over two minutes, I think back to the three minute mark. And we were like, he's back but we were making you eat a banana with some honey on it. And I could see that you were like, I don't know. You were empty. There was like, you weren't there anymore. (laughs) And you, but you got back up when they blew the 15 second whistle. We're like, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. And then you took off. And I I remember I was standing at our spot and Justin was down kind of like he had been at your feet. And we just looked at each other. And it was kind of like a frozen moment. And we were like, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> are you emo- emotional right now? Yeah. yeah, it feels. And we were both like, <sighs> so we made you another shake. And I went and I stood, I just had a, f- I, I just kind of knew just how I saw you empty yourself. Cause you gave it all. And, um, yeah, Justin, and I were like, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. He's a, He's going to do it. I don't remember exactly. But then I went to the line and, uh, and yeah, anyways, as people were coming in, we were waiting and we were like, it was under a minute again. And I was like, "Hmm." so I I just, I waited for the buzzer and I was like, okay. And I threw that shake in the garbage right beside me. And I just started walking to find you up the hill and the kids all joined and like the crew, we had like 25 (laughs) or plus people there with people. like helium balloons and it's <laughs> like <laughs> these signs that oh, yeah. people made and um they were so awesome so incredible and we just started walking to find you and the kids were crying they were pretty emotional because they just saw they saw that you gave it all and they knew that you had emptied yourself and so we were walking and I was just trying not to sob and Oh, I might right now. And the kids were sobbing and it just felt so big. And, um, we found you coming down the, uh, the side of the second hill and, uh, the kids were just hugging you and 
we hugged and then everyone just kind of grabbed hands and we just went with you and walked across the finish line together into the corral and fourth place and that's huge and uh yeah you definitely i mean we're really proud of you Mm -hmm. thank you and um it's also such a silly thing to do isn't it just it's like a bit of a ridiculous you're a little bit nuts um but yeah we crossed and you know they were commenting how we had the whole province of saskatchewan with us which was you know funny (laughs) and uh all the people there cheering you on and um it speaks to you know who you are that all these people wanted to come and support you and celebrate that with you but uh yeah and then um you know we just darren got his band cut off and hung up with the other 73 bands yeah and uh then there were three more and uh, it did go what six more hours five more hours six six more hours yeah, uh, five, five or six. Um, yeah. yeah, and um, and Eric won, and Eric came second last year. He's a f- great runner, yeah, phenomenal great runner, running runner. the Colorado Mountains for training in Montana, Mont or Montana. I hope. <laughs> I thought it was Colorado. Um, say Louis. So uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. So then we packed up, and um. We had people drive our van home with most of our stuff, and I drove you home in the Jeep, and you fell asleep-ish. Yeah. And uh, Weird feeling legs for a while. Yeah. And uh, you've had a few days here to recover. We did sleep off and on a lot of Monday. We were just, we were quiet. We were reflective. Mm-hmm. And um, the kids recovering, and then yesterday was unpacking all of that toxic food that was sitting in the heat in those bins for a couple of days that was disgusting so, so much we have a lot of leftover eggs and bananas so, <laughs> and uh yeah so here we are so right now ladies and gentlemen he's gonna sign up for next year just joking no well who, i haven't decided yet i the after i ran it the first time i was like i want to do that again and i i kind of want to volunteer crew next year I might want to run. I'm not sure. There's other races that I'd like to do as well. So I will definitely be there next year. I don't know if I'll run. And that's I okay. Decided. I haven't decided yet. Maybe I'll run it. You definitely, yeah. <laughs> nope. Nope. Um, so that's it. That's Mid-State. That's the recap. That's part of the recap. I feel like there's so much, there's so many layers to uncover we have taught, I mean, it's dominated the conversation for us for the last three days. I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of people and I, so much support. That's what I'm really blown away. That's what I love about these things is just the sense of community. And I like, I felt so loved and so supported out there. It was so, it's, it's unbelievable mm-hmm. to, to have that many good people in my life here and everywhere else. Like lots of friends back home that after the fact, I mean, I knew during they'd check in, but like the live stream was on all day and you know, every 20 minutes checking to see still in it, still in it. And just, yeah, that felt, that felt really special. That was, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you have any words for anyone who might be listening that, 
is debating doing something a little bit extreme or maybe not even extreme, just something hard for them, something hard for them. I don't, I hate it when I finish your sentences. I'm sorry. Um, so I have, I have two things to compare it to. One is I, I mean, I'm in, I'm a decent, I'm a halfway decent runner. I'll say that I've, I've run on and off my whole life. I put five weeks, I had five weeks to prepare for this and I put a lot of effort into it and I made a plan and to the foot of what I was supposed to run on the day I was supposed to run, I did it and I did the heat training. I ran like in sweatsuits in the middle of the day. Like I did everything my coach Justin told me to do. So I, I found... Just for the record, for anyone who doesn't know, Justin won last year and he said he was going to win after the previous year's race ended. And he's the next day, he's like, I'm training, I'm winning this next year. And he did. And then I had the opportunity to be coached by Justin. And I was like, well, why not get coached by the guy, one of the guys who knows how to win it? And so I found someone who had done the thing I was trying to do got help from them and did what they said. And I didn't argue and I didn't complain. I didn't say it was too much or not enough. And I mean, we, we adjusted the training plan as uh, I did more than what we had originally thought, but I asked, I didn't just go out and kill myself. And on race day, uh, for the most part, I did exactly what my crew told me I needed to do. When I didn't feel like eating, I still ate. I drank, I, I did all the things, um, to give me the best effort from the guy who, who knew what he was doing. So one, I would say, if you want to do something hard for you, pick what that thing is or something, you know, kind of insane and then find someone who's done it and ask. Cause most people who do these things want nothing more than to help someone else do them to see someone else. I've gone to a new level. So when I went into those two really dark periods, I came out of both of them feeling really strong. So I came out, I was at like a, you know, one to 10. I was at a couple of times I was at like a two or a three and I was like, I don't know how I can do this for another hour, two hours, three hours. And I came out of those and I was like, I feel, I feel good. I can go for a long time. So I would encourage people to find something, whatever that is, is to find a thing that will let you go that low and force you to come out. And say, oh, there's there's a new, there's another level and another layer that I can get to, but I can only get there once I've gone through this gully. So find something that'll give you that. Find someone who's done it before that will that, to get help from, because that also creates a bond. Me and Justin and I have an have an amazing bond because of that. And to, and I would say do a thing like to run. I was like, oh, one day I'll run an ultra and I'll just go run in a park by myself because I want to run an ultra. Find an event where there's people and community. So if you're going to do a hard thing, you're going to do something that pushes you, do it with a community of people because that's what makes it, that's what makes it the most fun because you meet people who are also doing that thing. That would be my three takeaways. Make sure it's, make sure it's hard for you. Find someone to help you that's done it and what was the last one? Oh, and do it in a community. Like do do an event. Mm-hmm. And sign like sign up. Put it on paper. Write it down. What what does Mark say? You're like only like 
15% of people write down three, only 3% of people write write, down their goals, write down their goals. So I did a ton of writing around this. I did a whole, I did a whole, it was a couple hours. Um, I wrote out what it would feel like to win, what I wanted the result to be. And then I did, and then I went through that with another Enlifted coach, Devin. Thank you, Devin. Um, And we drew drew, um, like affirmations out of that, right? So I I did a lot of writing down what I was looking to get out of it and what I was trying to accomplish. And I have a special affinity to this race, so that's fine. You might not have the same... Someone might not have that that same attachment to it, but yeah, if it's if it's a marathon, write down. I'm trying to the time that you're trying to finish in, or what you want it to feel like, or what you're what accomplishing that means to you, and what it means about you. Because to just go and do it is is fantastic, but you can get a lot more out of these things, and I'm I I've realized that I've gotten a lot more out of this because of what I put into it before. And are you available to help be that mental mindset coach for people that want to do that? Heck yeah. That's yeah, I would that's love your to. Breathe 911 business. Yeah. That's part of what that is. That's yeah. part of that is part of what we do is prepping people for doing hard things. Because I was ready to give up my uh, hours four to seven. It was dark and it was hard. But I went for another 30 hours. So my body obviously wasn't. So the only the, the only roadblock at that point was what my mind was telling me. Because my body was fine. If, I, if you can... I mean, your body was hurting. It was hurting relatively. But if you think about what that is, and if you think about going for another 30 hours, another 30-hour period after all you want to do is quit, then... Th- then the limiting factor is your mind and what you're thinking. So what Mark says is think about your thinking. And we were told by a few people that you did not have the physical training that a lot of those runners had. You had done the hard work with the mental training and people believed that that's what would take you far. Yeah. And would you say that hits true? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, doing enough training though physically made me believe it and having people who believe in me made me believe it I believed in myself but yeah I did not I did not have like a big training cycle leading up to it I had I had five weeks Mm -hmm. but I put all everything I had into that and having that mental I mean we're doing we're taking a, a course on mindset and and how we think about what we think about and being able to help people with that is, yeah, it's so, it's so rewarding and satisfying. So I am available. How do you want to close this out? Sing a song or something? uh, Sing a song. I actually just want to say thank you to you publicly. I appreciate this was like a whole family event. It was a selfish endeavor, and it was someone else looking after me and that someone was you and you, all the training that I did for those five weeks and the race itself. You're, you're incredible. Thank you. It was a pleasure and an honor and I didn't do it alone. I wouldn't have done it if I didn't believe in you. 
I wouldn't have done it if I didn't see you put in the physical work or the, I mean, I would have, but, but. <laughs> but I saw you put in the work in all the areas. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so we all believed in so. you and yeah, I didn't do it alone. You had an awesome team of people around you. I so. did. Yes. Yeah. So I want to say thank you publicly to everyone who helped me, whether on the day or before. And thank you to Becca and John for putting on that race. Yeah. I guess that's a good place to stop. Feels like a great place to stop. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs>